بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمده ونصلي ونسلم على رسوله الكريم ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا أما بعد Would it be possible for all the brothers to come a little bit closer? So this is a book, it's written, it's called from, it's written actually from um, a group of individuals, it's a collection of articles. It's been titled On the Bright Side. It's a very wonderful book and it's about a positive approach to the negatives in life. Every person has the way Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created us, Allah has mentioned, that we have created mankind in such a state that he is always going to be going through difficulties and trials. So how are we supposed to navigate through these trials and difficulties? And what mindset are we supposed to do so? Well, if we know that we're going to be having difficulties and we know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who is going to test us with these difficulties, then our trust has to be in the same Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He will also get us out of these tests. So without further ado, we'll start inshallah. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Four people look at the same piece of land in the countryside. Yet each of them, they see something different. When the hunter looks, he sees the animals. The farmer, he sees the plants and vegetation. The artist, he sees the various different colors and scenery. And the businessman, well, he sees a plot of real estate with the potential to be developed. So in the example above, each person looked at the same land. But what he actually saw was influenced and determined by his unique perspective in life. It's an undisputed fact that we cannot control the world around us. Deciding what we would like to occur, when it should happen, and exactly how it should transpire according to our liking and convenience, all of that is out of our control. Likewise, we can't travel back in time and alter something that's already come to pass. However, what we can do is we can alter our perspectives. Instead of looking at the thorns with the rose, let us look at the rose that has come with the thorns. The thorns in life are many in number and varied in form. The loss of jobs or income, marital discord, family strife, the loss of loved ones, robberies, the suffering of sickness. These are just some of the many challenges and calamities that befall people in life. Indeed, in trying times, it is easy to lose hope and fall into despondency, especially when entire families and communities are afflicted and the suffering is widespread such as in the case of the current earthquakes, as well as what we recently experienced with the virus. However, this will only happen if we allow ourselves to fixate on the thorns. Let us instead look for the roses amongst the thorns by looking on the bright side. Indeed, the immense rewards promised for exercising sabr, the sins that are expiated through undergoing hardships and the lofty ranks acquired by those who remain steadfast in the face of challenges and other similar virtues are such coveted roses that they will draw all attention away from the thorns, provided we have the perspective to see these roses. It is commonly observed that the world is unpredictable and unstable. Let alone the next week, one doesn't even know what the next day holds. 
One can be rich today, but poor tomorrow. Healthy today, but sick tomorrow. Happy today, but sad tomorrow. Employed today, jobless tomorrow. In essence, there is absolutely no certainty or guarantee of any comfort or luxury lasting and in any way or form. And there is no form of security and stability being permanent. These vicissitudes, these ups and downs of life's of life are all tests from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to, to determine whether we remain loyal to Him through thick and thin. Hence, these tests present us with an opportunity to prove our faithfulness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, thus earning His divine proximity and love. As Zuhayb mentioned at the very beginning, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala addresses all of us at the beginning of Surah An-Kabut, and He says, do the people think that they're just going to be left saying saying the kalima professing their belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and not be tested we definitely tested those before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through testing us and through testing those individuals made it known and manifest who of those are true to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who are faithful and loyal servants of Allah and who are those who are false in their claims of worshipping Allah may Allah protect us some of us we only worship Allah and we only do various different acts of ibadah if things are going well but if things turn the other way then all of a sudden we lose all of our motivation so we should ask ourselves, are we worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because we recognize Him to be our Rabb? Or are we just worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala like uh, tit for tat? If He blesses us with good, then we will be dutiful servants of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and otherwise not. One of the most difficult aspects of a test is the suddenness and it's the unexpectedness with which it unfolds. Out of the blue, when a person is least prepared and least expecting it, tragedy, tragedy strikes, leaving him reeling in bewilderment and confusion. Hence, if one were to be forewarned, he would find himself much better prepared and would find the calamity more manageable. He would be able to brace himself, as the shock factor would be significantly reduced. In this regard, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has already forewarned us that during our brief sojourn in this world, we will definitely be tested. We should thus remain ever vigilant and we should anticipate these tests all the time. In the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned some of these tests and He has warned us by saying, That we are most definitely going to test you with some fear and hunger and some loss in wealth, lives. And also some loss in profits and loss in produce and fruits. So the tests are going to come in various different ways. This is the warning from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions what our response should be. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions, وَبَشِّرِ sabirin That we are definitely going to test you. We're going to test you through individuals that you love losing their lives. We're going to test you through a loss of your own wealth. We're going to test you through loss of your health. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions, but give glad tidings to those who remain patient. Every test in reality is a means of progressing closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
However, in order to progress and gain the special proximity of Allah, we have to first pass the test. To pass the test, we have to ensure that we have no complaint, neither in our hearts nor on our tongues, against the decision of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and that we are completely happy with His divine decree. Only then will we qualify as being patient and worthy of divine glad tidings. Since this world is all that the, believer, that the disbeliever has to live for, and it is his be-all and end-all, when he, the disbeliever, is afflicted with hardship and calamity, he feels as though the entire world has come to a standstill, or worse, as though it has come to an end. Thus, he sinks into a deep state of depression and often stoops to the level of terminating his life by committing suicide. But on the other hand, a believer has firm conviction that his stay in this world is temporary and short. Hence, there is no need for him to be overwhelmed by the difficulties that he encounters, as they are also temporary and will soon be replaced by eternal pleasure and bliss in Jannah. This can be understood by the example of the person who goes for Hajj. He undergoes many difficulties. He has to go and take vaccinations. He has to spend a lot of money. He has to endure long flights in a cramped aircraft. He has to experience at times delayed flights long, long lines at immigration control counters, etc., so on and so forth. But despite all of the difficulty, this person who's going for Hajj, he keeps his focus on his destination. He keeps his focus on the fact that he's going to visit the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the Kaaba. So similarly, as believers, we understand, we know we're going to go through various different difficulties, but we have to keep our vision, we have to keep our sights, on our eternal destination where we are headed, Jannatul Firdaus, inshaAllah, may Allah grant us all Jannatul Firdaus. Hence, he happily endures all of these difficulties as he knows that they are temporary. He also understands that there is no way that he can enjoy Makkah Mukarramah without first undergoing the stress and the challenges of traveling. In fact, such is his yearning for the Baytullah that as soon as his eyes fall on it, he forgets all of the difficulties that he underwent. In, the exact, in exactly the same manner When a believer will place his foot in Jannah He will forget all the hardships And all the calamities that he experienced in this world Rasulullah has mentioned in a hadith In Sahih Muslim That a man destined for Jahannam Who had been enjoying the most luxury in this world Will be brought on the day of Qiyamah And he will be dipped once into Jahannam He will then be asked O son of Adam did you ever in your life experience any good? Did you ever enjoy any comfort? And this is the same one who enjoyed the most amount of luxury in the worldly life. But because of being dipped once into Jahannam, he will say, By Allah, no, O my Rabb, I have never experienced any goodness. And a man destined for Jannah who has suffered the most amount of difficulty in this world, he will be brought and he will briefly be admitted into Jannah. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will ask him, O son of Adam, did you ever experience any suffering? Did any difficulty ever afflict you? He will say, By Allah, no, O my Rabb, I have never experienced any suffering, nor did any difficulty ever afflict me. Hafsa bin Tusirin, rahimahullah, was a renowned tabi'iyah. She was the sister of Muhammad ibn Sirin, rahimahullah, the great hadith scholar and interpreter of dreams. Hafsa, rahimahullah, had a son named Hudayl. He was very obedient to her, Huzail. He was very obedient to her and served her with great care and love. He went to great lengths to ensure her comfort and well-being. When he passed away, 
his demise was not just the loss of a son, but also the loss of the love and care that he always showered upon her. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed her with sabr, and so she had no complaint or objection against the decision of Allah. But nevertheless, being a mother, there was a continuous pain in her heart. One night, while Hafsa bin Tisirin rahimahullah was reciting the Quran, she came to the following verse. That which is with you is going to come to an end. And that which is by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to remain forever. Mufti Shafi Sahib in his tafsir, when he discusses this ayah, he mentions that we tend to when we hear this ayah that whatever we have is going to come to an end, we tend to think about tangible things. We, can, we tend to think about family members, commodities, so on and so forth. But he mentions, has to do with every condition in this world. Even your sadness is going to come to an end. Even your happiness is going to come to an end. Everything eventually is going to come to an end. But but what is by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that is going to remain forever and ever and ever. So therefore, our sight should always be on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and what is waiting for us. And then Allah continues, We will most definitely reward those who are patient according to the best of their actions. Hafsa rahimahullah repeated this verse again and again and again and through it her sorrow and sadness was slowly soothed. In the English language, it said sometime, it, it said that you win some and you lose some. In other words, in the world, a person cannot win all the time. Rather, he may gain and prosper at times and suffer setbacks and losses at other times. However, when it comes to striving for Jannah, then it is possible for one to continue winning all the time, provided that one has the correct belief and he has the correct mindset. If the correct belief and mindset have been inculcated in advance, then on being confronted with a difficulty, one will immediately respond in the manner pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he mentioned in a hadith, how wonderful is the condition of a believer. Indeed, every condition and affair of a believer is one of benefit and good. And this is not for any person except for a believer. If any good condition comes to him, then he is grateful. And therefore, he is going to be rewarded. And if any difficulty befalls him, then he is going to exercise patience. And therefore, he will also be rewarded. So you're always going to be winning. If, if good comes to you, you're thankful, then you'll be rewarded. If difficulty comes to you, and you are patient, then you'll be rewarded. So normally it said, you win some, you lose some. But when it comes to Jannah, you win everything, provided that you have the right mindset. Provided that a person can get himself to be patient at the times of difficulty. Hence a believer is always winning and progressing as he is either expressing gratitude over the favors of Allah or he's expressing patience over the decree of Allah. Thus at every moment he's either engaged in the ibadah of shukr or he is engaged in the ibadah of sabr. When one is perpetually engaged in ibadah 24-7, then how can he not be winning and progressing? Rasulullah has explained that difficulties are actually a cleansing process for a person as they are a means of purifying him from sins. 
In a hadith of Sahih Bukhari, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has mentioned, مَا يُصِيبُ الْمُسْلِمَ مِن نَصَبٍ وَلَا وَصَبٍ وَلَا هَمٍ وَلَا حُزْنٍ وَلَا أَذَنٍ وَلَا غَمٍ حَتَّى الشَّوْكَةُ يُشَاكُهَا إِلَّا كَفَرَ اللَّهُ بِهَا مِنْ خَطَايَاهُ Rasulullah, or كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه wa sallam, he's mentioned that no difficulty, no fatigue, no grief, no pain, no anxiety, no harm, even to the extent of a single thorn pricking him, no believer goes through that except that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgives him of sins through it, through the difficulty that he's going through. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has also mentioned in a hadith, مَا يَزَالُ الْبَلَاءُ بِالْمُؤْمِنِ وَالْمُؤْمِنَةِ فِي نَفْسِهِ وَوَلَدِهِ وَمَالِهِ حَتَّى يَلْقَ اللَّهَ وَمَا عَلِهِ خَطِيَةً Rasulullah sallallahu mentioned that the believing man and believing woman will continue to be afflicted with calamities in respect to themselves, their children, and their wealth until they meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala without any sin. Sometimes we hear of wonderful individuals and, and people who are going through severe, difficult tests. Some of them, Allah, uh, they are you know, diagnosed with cancer and they have to suffer for many years. Some of them have some other type of difficulty or disease. Some of them lose many individuals in their lives. Some women have... They have to experience um, the loss of many children. And we think to ourselves, these people are such wonderful individuals. Why is it such that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is testing them? Why is it such that they are going through such difficulties? So our mindset, especially if we are those who are experiencing these difficulties, should be that this is actually a cleansing process of Allah. The ulama have mentioned that sometimes Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he makes a person go through difficulties to elevate his rank. The more difficulties a person goes through, the more sins are forgiven. And after a person's sins are completely forgiven, then a person, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, begins to elevate his status and elevate his rank, such that he will be able to attain higher levels of Jannah by going through these difficult times and difficult conditions, provided that he is patient, such that he never would have reached if he never went through those difficulties. Our ticket to Jannah, on one occasion, Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Abbas mentioned to his student, Atta ibn Abi Rabah, shall I not show you a woman from the inhabitants of Jannah? Atta rahimahullah replied, certainly do so. Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Abbas then gestured towards a tall African woman, Umm Zufar radiallahu ta'ala anha, it is this African woman. She once came to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and she said, I'm suffering from fits and my body becomes exposed. She had epileptic fits and seizures. So please make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for me to be cured. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam replied, said, if you wish, you can remain patient and endure this sickness and in lieu of this, you will be rewarded with Jannah. Alternatively, if you wish, I can also make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to cure you. So the woman responded, I will remain patient with the sickness. Of course, she will, Jannah will be, you know, definitely, it's guaranteed for her. However, she mentioned, my body becomes exposed. So please make dua for me to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that my body does not become exposed. Accordingly, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam made this dua for her. 
The reality is that difficulties are actually an upgrade package from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Provided that a person adopts sabr Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has mentioned in a hadith When Allah has decreed a particular rank for a servant But the servant is unable to reach this rank through his good deeds Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tests him in his body, his wealth or his children Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then grants him the ability to exercise patience over this test until it makes him reach the rank that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has decreed for him. Every person hopes for an upgrade, be an upgrade to the latest cell phone model, an upgrade for an economy to business or first class, an upgrade to the latest car model, or even an upgrade from a normal hotel room to the presidential suite. Our beloved Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is so kind that he wishes for us to enjoy a very high level in Jannah. However, we sometimes fail to qualify for this upgrade as we lack sufficient righteous actions. Hence, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends us free upgrade packages. This package is sometimes a bundle of sickness, our children passing away, a robbery, or any other calamity. Once the upgrade package is delivered, it requires an activation, which is the password of patience and sabr. If we download the mindset of adopting sabr and patience, and, and under all circumstances Then inshallah we will receive the upgrades of the akhirah It is the belief of a Muslim That every single occurrence Whether on a microscopic level Or on a universal scale Only transpires with the will And the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He alone is al-hakim the supreme, uh, uh, sorry, he alone is Al-Hakim, the supreme ruler. Furthermore, when he is the creator and everything belongs to him alone, then he has the unequivocal right and prerogative to deal in his creation as he wishes. He may decree poverty for one and wealth for another, happiness for one and sadness for another, life for one and death for another as he wishes. Also, no one has the right to question or object to his decision. By way of an example, if a person owns a car and he wishes to sell it, then since it belongs to him, he's at liberty to do with it as he pleases. In fact, if he decided to sell the car for a paltry sum of $10, then he would be free to do so. And no person would have any right to object or demand an explanation because it's his property, he can do whatever he wants with it. When this is the prerogative of a mere human being owning something of the world, then it's obvious that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who is the creator and the owner of the entire world, including the human being, has complete prerogative to do as he wishes. Hence, no matter what difficulty we are in, we must remember that it's the decision of Allah. When he is our master and we are his slaves, then we have absolutely no right to object, complain, or express dissatisfaction with his decision. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in the Quran, Ma asaba min musibatin illa bi that no calamity befalls anyone except that it's with the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And whoever believes in Allah, the attitude of a believer, sorry, whoever believes in Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guides his heart And when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guides his heart Then he adopts the true mindset of a believer In this ayah very amazingly and aptly Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala explains calamities in the light of iman Teaching us that when a person possesses iman He firmly believes truly that every situation and calamity Is only with the permission and decision of Allah 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala further explained that He guides the heart of the one who possesses Iman. The commentators of the Quran, they explained that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guiding the heart means that He grants it the ability to adopt sabr, patience, and rida bil qada, to be totally pleased with the decision of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Rada bil qada, iman becomes a means of a person being blessed with the very great and praiseworthy quality of rida bil qada. This is a very difficult This is a very difficult quality It's a very difficult stage to reach When a person is truly, truly From the bottom of his heart Pleased with whatever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has decreed Whether it's goodness or difficulty That comes his way A person is completely happy And pleased with the decision of Allah This is such a quality That will make every difficulty easy And every challenge manageable it is such a cherished quality that Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam himself would make dua specifically asking for this quality thus teaching us its great importance. Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam would make in a dua and we should also add this in our dua wa as'aluka ridha ba'd al-qada. Simple wa as'aluka ridha ba'd al-qada. That I ask you ya Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to enable me to be pleased with your decree. The following hadith explain the importance of this quality. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam has mentioned in Sunan Tirmidhi, the greatness of the reward is to the extent of the severity of the test. The greatness of the reward is to the extent of the severity of the test. Indeed, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves people, He puts them, he puts them through tests. The one who is pleased with the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will earn the pleasure of Allah and the one who is displeased will earn the displeasure of Allah. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam also said, the good fortune of the son of Adam lies in him being pleased with that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has decreed for him. And the misfortune of the son of Adam alayhi salam is in him being displeased with that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has decreed for him. Just as a patient is pleased and satisfied with the decision of a doctor for him to undergo an operation because he trusts the expertise of the doctor and he understands that there will be benefit behind the pain, we must in a similar manner be totally happy with every decision of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for we place our trust in him completely. In the case of the doctor, it's possible that his diagnosis could be incorrect. But when it comes to the decisions of Allah, then every decision is with absolute precision. To feel sad and grieved over a loss or a calamity, it's natural. However, one would be able to deal with the loss and calamity a lot better if he asks himself, whose decision is this? Every favor that we enjoy, be it good health, wealth, someone near and dear to us, or any other favor, is a loan from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If any person gives us anything on loan, be it money or anything else, we will not dispute that they have the complete right to claim it back and whenever they uh, to claim it back as and when they please. Thereafter, when they do take back this favor of which we were completely undeserving, we will not be bitter and unhappy. Rather, we will be grateful to the person for allowing us to enjoy the favor until this time. In the same manner, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has the right to take back these favors as and when He decides. When He does so, then we must realize that it was only out of His sheer grace that we had even enjoyed the bounty until now, as we are completely undeserving and unworthy of any bounty of Allah. When the beloved children 
of Sayyidina Abu Talha radiallahu anha passed, radiallahu anhu passed away, his wife Sayyida Umm Sulaim radiallahu anha broke the news to him by reminding him of the very same reality. She said to him, O oh Abu Talha, tell me, if some people loaned an item of theirs to a household and thereafter asked the household to return it, would the household have the right to withhold the item? Sayyidina Abu Talha radiallahu anha replied, no, of course not. So Umm Sulaim radiallahu anha mentioned, hope for reward on account of your son having passed away as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had loaned him to us and has now taken him back. There's a few, two nice incidents I would like to go over. Shaqiq Balkhi Rahimullah. Shaqiq Balkhi Rahimullah was a saint. He was a very pious person who passed away in the year 194 after Hijri. He was among the leading personalities of his era, being the contemporary of Ibrahim ibn Adham Rahimullah the teacher of Hatim al-Asam rahimahullah and the student of Imam Dhufar rahimahullah once in the initial period of the life of Shaqiq rahimahullah before he became the renowned saint and sheikh of his time Balkh was struck by severe drought so this town Balkh was struck by severe drought due to which everyone was in a state of great worry and anxiety in these severe and difficult conditions, Shaqiq rahimahullah observed a slave who appeared to be carefree and cheerful. Shaqiq rahimahullah asked him, Why are you so cheerful? Don't you see the people are affected by grief and drought? The, sa the slave replied, The drought does not concern me or affect me at all, as my master owns an entire village from which all of our needs are, are fulfilled. He was a slave and his master owned so much he didn't have to worry. This statement struck the heart of Shaqiq rahimahullah and he said, if his master owns an entire village, whereas he is merely the creation of Allah and is poor compared to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he has no worry and concern for his sustenance, then how can a Muslim be overcome with concern for his sustenance when his master Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the most wealthy of all? When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has everything. Subhanallah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is our guardian. Most parents are used to the sight of their children quarreling, fighting, and being at each other's throats. The big brother snatching his little sister's toy or the little brother mischievously inciting his elder brother are regular occurrences in many homes. Nevertheless, whatever the scenario may be, it generally has the same ending. One child frantically running towards the kitchen screaming on the top of his voice, Mommy, mommy, with the other tailing closely behind. The point to note is the reaction of the child when he fears harm. Although the child is doing whatever is within his means to save himself from harm, his instinct is to turn to his mother for help, as she has always been there for him throughout his life. Similarly, when a Muslim is confronted by any difficulty while he adopts the permissible means, his heart should instinctively turn back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, rely on Him and trust in Him, as He has always been there for us. In essence, a Muslim is never in a corner or without a recourse, 
as he always has his Allah to whom he can turn and entrust his affairs. One of the 99 beautiful names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is Al-Wakil. Al-Wakil is that being who executes the affairs of his servants and takes the responsibility of seeing to their well-being. There's one story I'd like to end off with. I've mentioned a few times before, but nonetheless, every time I mention it, it's a great lesson for myself and a great enjoyment. And inshallah, it'll be a great lesson for all of us. I call it the story of the the boy who went for Umrah. The story of the boy who went for Umrah. And this is a story through which we can inshallah understand the type of mindset that we have to, we have to adopt. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions, وَهُوَ يَتَوَلَّ الصَّالِحِينَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who takes care of the matters of, all, of the righteous. He's the one who takes care of all of their affairs. He is also al-wakil. So therefore it is our duty and our job to become amongst the righteous. And when we become amongst the righteous, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will take care of our affairs and we will be able to inshallah adopt a mindset. We have to try to like the boy he went for Umrah. One boy he was going for Umrah once and he went to his class and he told all of his classmates, he said, guess what, guess what? It's like, what happened, what happened? Said, I'm going for Umrah. You're going for Umrah? He's like, yeah, inshallah, I'm going for Umrah. He's like, how are you going? Which airport are you, are you, are you going to be flying there? Are you going to be driving there? Are you going to be going by ship? You know, when we went, we went via Qatar Airways. When we went, we went by Saudi Airlines, so on and so forth. So the little boy says, I don't know. Then... Another person asks, okay, okay, whatever about, forget about that. Where are you going to stay when you go? When you're going there, you know, we stayed about two minutes walk from Masjid al-Nabawi and, and uh, we were very close within the vicinity of the Haram and it was just a walking distance away. Another person said, yeah, when we were there, then we had to stay about 40 minutes car ride away. So then again, the child, he says, I don't know. Then they said, okay, what are you going to eat? When we were there, we were eating this type of food. And this type of food, that type of food, we were eating beautiful, wonderful fruits and we had all different types of dates and again the child he looks, I don't know. So then the classmates they get kind of frustrated. What do you mean you don't know? You don't know how, how you're going to get there, you don't know where you're going to stay, you don't know what you're going to eat, you don't know anything. How are you so happily talking about your trip for Umrah and you're looking forward to it so enthusiastically? So he just has to reply with one word. Uh, one phrase and then that'll take care of all the questions he just has to say well my father's going to take care of it my father's going to take care of it I don't have to worry about how I'm going to get there because my father's going to worry about that I don't have to worry about which plane we're going to take and the tickets because my father's going to take care of that I don't have to worry about who's going to pick us up from the hotel or from the airport because my father's going to worry about that I don't have to worry about where we're going to stay I don't have to worry about what we're going to eat I don't have to worry about anything why? because my father's going to take care of it so in a similar manner, we understand that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is our creator, our sustainer. He is the one who allows us to go through these difficulties and He tests us with these difficulties. But we have to adopt the mindset that if we are living righteous and pious lives, this is the promise of Allah. مَنْ عَمِلَ صَالِحًا مِنْ ذَكَرٍ أَوْ أُنْثَى وَهُوَ مُؤْمِنٌ فَلَا نُحْيِيَنَّهُ حَيَاةً طَيِّبًا That if we live righteous lives, Allah will definitely grant us pleasant, wonderful lives. And Allah will take care of all of our matters and our affairs. We just have to merely adopt this mindset that my Allah is going to take care of it. 
Whatever difficulty I'm going, it's no problem because my Allah is going to take care of it. My Allah is the one who is allowing me to go through this. My Allah is going to be the same one to take care of us, to take care of it. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all the ability to truly adopt this mindset and to always be positive individuals. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to be also like the sun. That wherever we go, we illuminate those around us and we bring warmth to them as well. In order to do that, we have to always adopt this mindset that whatever happens in our life, it happens for a particular reason for which I may not know, but I know my Allah is going to take care of it. So when we understand our Allah is going to take care of it, then it doesn't reach us. And there's truly, honestly, only two options. There's only two options. One option is to be angry and upset. Whatever Allah decreed. And that's not going to help you. That's not going to assist you in any way whatsoever. Rather, a person is just going to become much more bitter and bitter and bitter until he ends up destroying himself. Or a person can adopt this mindset that inshallah my Allah is going to take care of it. Why even worry about it in the first place? But to truly adopt that mindset is definitely without you know, any doubt much easier said than done. Rilaab al-Qadha is one of the most difficult stages to attain as a believer. But we all have to constantly work towards it. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all the ability to do so. If anyone appreciated the, the book that we are reading through, it's, I read through almost the whole entire thing, alhamdulillah, it's a very wonderful book. It's called On the Bright Side, A Positive Approach to the Negatives in Life. It's called On the Bright Side. It's published in South Africa by Uswatun Muslima and Ibn Masrud Institute. I'm sure you'd probably be able to find copies somewhere online. Unfortunately, we don't have any here in Dar as far as I'm, as far as my knowledge. But um, if, you would, if you did appreciate it, then inshallah, please do purchase it if you can find it online. Jazakumullah khairan. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah.